Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, today I'm here with Prince Fox. Hello, it's me. Hello. <laughs> so you met like, okay, was it two years ago? Wait, three no, was, or three? Yeah, I think it was at That's least crazy. three years ago, yeah. We met three years ago in New York, mm -hmm. like a few times, and then pretty much nothing's in New York anymore, so yeah. we're all here. New York has moved to Los Angeles. It's done. It's canceled. Yeah, it's canceled. Somebody canceled New York music. <laughs> but you, were you born in New York? Yeah, or? I was born and raised in New York. Like Upper East Side? Mm -hmm. or? Yeah, Upper East Side area, like a couple blocks away from Central Park. Were your parents also born there, or? Um, my dad was actually born in Bogota, Colombia, mm -hmm. and my mom was born in Queens. Oh, and then they yeah. met in New York. Uh, yeah, they met actually in an airport in Israel, and my dad called my mom Airport Mara for like a good year before what? they actually started. Oh dating. my god! But that's that's, that's, that's so cute. Story, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my mom's Airport Mara. <laughs> what were you like, like growing up? I was really into hockey. I played a lot of hockey. I um, originally wanted to play guitar when I was like eight, and my parents got me this little mini Yamaha guitar. Mm -hmm. It was probably like yay big. Yeah. And I started taking lessons, and I just I hated practicing, so I just stopped after like six months. I was like, ah, screw this. And then I got really into hockey, and then when I was a freshman in high school, I told my parents that I really wanted an electric guitar, and they're like, oh, well, we know how this went. I was like, all right, if I learn 20 songs on this mini uh, Yamaha, mm -hmm. I'm like 14 at this point. Yeah. If I learn something on this like little tiny Yamaha, like 20 songs just from the internet, they'll get me an electric guitar. I'm like, okay, sure, sure. Damn. In two weeks, I learned the 20 songs on electric guitar. Wow. And uh, I think it was President's Weekend, my freshman year of high school, I got my first... Epiphone SG. <laughs> Damn. And yeah, then I just got really into music and like slowly the music kind of took over and hockey yeah. sort of faded out. Do you remember the early songs? Like what kind of songs were they that you played? I wanted you to be John yourself? Mayer. So, oh, the ones from the acoustic guitar. Damn. Yeah, like way back uh, when. <laughs> I looked at like what was like three chords mm -hmm. and then I, I kind of remembered from like my teacher. I remembered like C chord, G chord, D mm -hmm. and like maybe one other one I was like all right what what has four chords and what can I like pretend I kind of know how to play yeah. so I can get an electric guitar I think it was like Avril Lavigne skater boy <laughs> it was super easy oh that's a dog oh, there's a dog intense. okay <laughs> Avril Lavigne skater boy um back in black was somewhere in there um shit sweet child of mine I botched but I got like halfway through the notes and my dad's like, okay, okay, next time. I got it. I trust oh you learned it. That's so funny. <laughs> um, but so they had, they, you had a teacher, right? So they were always like open for you to do music. Yeah, they were always open for me to do music and like, they just wanted me to like pursue what I was like seriously passionate about no matter like what it was. Like in hockey, they were always super supportive and you know, since I switched to doing music, they've been super supportive. Oh, wow. So I'm super blessed in that regard. What careers are your parents in? My dad used to run the American branch of this metal trading company. Uh, he was like the American side of it. Wait, like um, industrial metals? Uh, yeah, like sludges, residues, and um, 
like purifying like compounds and stuff. Is That's the... so close to what my dad does. Really? My dad does minerals. Oh yeah, my dad was in that too. <laughs> like, I bet they know each other. I feel like Our they dads know are each best other. friends. Plot twist. This is like That's crazy. Actually, yeah, my dad like grew up Upper East wait, that's Really? Yeah, that's I bet so funny. my dad knows your dad for sure. For that's sure. so funny. Um, Damn. But now he um, he is in education. Uh, like professor? He's, or? Uh, he's an administrator in a school in Brooklyn. Oh. Uh, yeah. He just wanted to help the kids. He's yeah. a very good man at heart mm -hmm. um, inside and outside. So he just wanted to make a difference. So that's yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. And then my mom is also in education, but she does PR for the school that I went to. Oh, so was she always in education? Um, she was in advertising first and then like when I was six switched to education. Yeah. Did you have like a musician in your family then? That's the joke. Uh, no, I, I always say that we didn't really have much music in my family, but we had a lot of anxiety and nervousness. <laughs> so it made me want to practice and get really good. Yeah. yeah. Damn. But like, what were your favorite subjects back then in high school? Um, I was a math nerd. Really? I loved math, yeah. I killed my math SAT. Shouts out. That's the only thing that got me into college because my grades were no good. <laughs> um, but my saving grace was my math SAT. Wow. Um, so it just like all came easily to you. Did you? You didn't need a tutor. You were um, just like for math, yeah, I, yeah. Math was really something. My great grandparents actually were like math whizzes. My great grandmother was like the tutor for all of the royal family's kids in, in either France or Alsace. I'm not really great what? with family history, but she was teaching some cool people in a country that's not the United States Damn. 60 years before I was born. And then my great-grandfather had some apparatuses that he invented that were on the first uh, missions to space in the U.S. That's, that's so cool. It's pretty Damn. crazy. Yeah, so they were real math. I probably got that from them. Yeah, so we're also good at like physics and stuff too then? Yeah, physics was, yeah. <laughs> physics was jam. But the thing is that I don't remember um, physics, like now I couldn't do that, but mm -hmm. um, if you like put a formula in front of me now, like I could probably figure some yeah. shit out, but physics I don't think anymore. <laughs> it's been too long, too far gone. <laughs> do you think you approach music kind of in that way, like more like formulaic, mathematical? Um, you know, I actually, I forgot who I was talking to about this the other day, but I find that it has, like to write anything that's like worthwhile has to be a really stark balance between like the mathematical sides to mm -hmm. music, which is obviously like tonal theory and stuff like that, but also, um, you know, an, an emotional thing that people can connect to because you can follow all the rules of, let's say, like making a Spotify hit, right? You got to get the vocal chops right in the beginning and then kick drum in the first six mm -hmm. seconds. And there's yeah. all these like things you can read about, you know, that studies show how you can get past skip rates and all that stuff. But, you know, you also have to say something that people resonate with yeah you know? um so it's kind of like a really stark hybrid that i find myself teetering the line of all the time mm -hmm. so we're kind of like a nerd and a jock at the same time and yes <laughs> bingo you nailed it so i really just didn't fit in yeah which gave me a lot of time to practice um i had my friends there i still have some friends yeah but, um <laughs> you know it definitely gave me a lot of time to like work on myself and like what i was trying to do yeah how into hockey were you? Were you like super competitive, like traveling around? Um, so I actually grew up Orthodox Jewish, mm -hmm. so I couldn't play on Saturdays. So what I would do is I would be a ringer for like the local travel teams when they had um, Sunday games. I would sometimes like drive up for a couple hours to just go play with the high level local teams. Yeah. So I was never like officially on that team, but I was mm -hmm. playing at that level for quite some time. Yeah. And then my summers I spent coaching hockey and like 
playing with ex-pro players oh, wow. and just like training and then I just yeah. played for my high school team. Was your Jewish culture like a big part of you? Like were your parents like? Yeah, so yeah. Um, I was super, super religious till I was like 18. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of like found my own way of being religious, like not necessarily as by the book as I used yeah. to be. But um, what about like 18 that you started? What was the turning point? Um, I mean, I moved out. I like had a lot of time to think what things about, you know, the culture that I grew up in really resonated with me and other and the things that like I didn't necessarily agree with or were harder mm -hmm. for me to uphold with like the rest of the lifestyle I was living, especially as, you know, music came into play. Yeah. Um, and then it was just a matter of like being honest with myself, like who am I doing X, Y, and Z for? Is it for me? Is it for my parents? Do I believe in all of it? Um, it was not like a staunch, like this day when I was 18, I stopped being religious. It was mm -hmm. kind of like a gradual like ebb and flow where I was keeping some stuff and not keeping other stuff. And like just finding my way into like, I would, I would say I'm more spiritual now than I ever was. Oh, wow. um, as much as I don't necessarily keep all the laws of Judaism by the book anymore. Yeah. I think that like, in, I believe a lot more of it in my heart than I ever did yeah. when I was just practicing, not thinking about it. So you believe it more of like, a, like not really a religious then now? Yeah, I would say it's just really spiritual, like believing yeah. that like, you know, God or a higher power is watching over me. I think that, um, you know, your good deeds and like what you put out into the world really comes back full circle. Mm -hmm. Like in anything and everything, whether it's in business, if you, you know, have a chance to like, fuck someone over and you're like honest about it be like hey dude like you're giving me too good of a deal like let's mm -hmm. make this more fair yeah you know it comes back around wow yeah wholeheartedly like i'll be in cvs and i'll forget to like ring some shit up for me and like whatever it, it's like five dollars here or there not yeah. crazy but i should be like yo you forgot this i'm like you know what take it anyway like <laughs> fuck it to the dog. I'm like so this. glad I didn't drop my gear <laughs> like I was staring at it otherwise I would probably just Sorry. drop all my gear <laughs> oh my god Sorry, I like huskies but that, that, that was, was, that was like loud the second and time, big right? yeah <laughs> oh my god uh, so yeah anyway karma always comes around full yeah. circle and did your parents know about you like not being as Jewish as you were before? Um, in the beginning, I wasn't so good about being honest because I really just wasn't being super honest with myself. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, but as, you know, I got older and, like, became closer and more open with my parents about, like, what I was doing, um, you know, they started to, like, know more about kind of where I stand on things. Yeah. But always, like, I've been, even now, like, by the book and super respectful when I'm around them like I won't do anything like mm -hmm. overtly in front of them or whatever yeah and just like I try and keep it 100 around them for sure mm -hmm. and in your senior year your grandma was like getting ill right uh, my god grandmother yeah yeah um, surely were you super close to her like did it affect you a lot yeah um, so I like played guitar for her every Sunday after her uh, chemotherapy and then when she passed away, I played her funeral and like stopped playing guitar for a bit. And that's when I got really into production. Oh. That was actually like how I discovered electronic music is I like stopped wow. playing guitar for a little bit and like consequently went to Electric Zoo at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, Why did you stop playing guitar? I just like, it was a lot. Like the when I played her funeral, I had really bad tonsillitis. Mm -hmm. So I was like up there like struggling to breathe, like playing for, you know, someone that really mattered to me it's mm -hmm. like funeral it was just kind of like shitty and fucked up and left a bad taste in my mouth mm -hmm. so I just like quit it for a little bit uh, and then like when I came back to the guitar 
and started writing songs again and like incorporating it with everything that I learned production-wise, that's when things really started to like pick up in yeah. my career and stuff. For the production stuff, did you have friends who showed it to you initially or? Um, so I went to NYU for like production and composition. Oh. So I had to do like all the music theory training and stuff. And um, Is that where you met um, Love? Or did yeah. you meet him before? Okay. So I'm, he was a year younger than me in the same program. Oh. Um, and like we were friends pretty much from like when he started there. He's a super good dude. We had like a lot of classes together. Yeah. Because we had similar interests. I uh, love you, Ari. <laughs> um, and was school something that you wanted to do, or did your parents say you had to get a diploma? Um, I really wanted to. I mean, my parents obviously cared that I had a good education, and um, but that's really where I wanted to be. Like, I knew that I needed to know the rules of music before I could break them kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the place that I felt, you know, was best yeah. for me and what I was trying to accomplish. Um, so I guess it was like a combination of everybody wanting me to get a degree, but like towards the end of school, um, I definitely like stacked up my coursework because touring was getting kind of hectic. So I was able to graduate early. Yeah. But yeah. Did it, did it never like, did you ever think of doing anything that's like math related or was that just not even a career that you thought about? When I was in high school, I was like, I'm going to be a rich accountant. Like every other fucking kid in my class. But like, I know, it's funny. I'm Jewish. But, um, yeah, I, I like, was just not down. I, I like, some of the kids that were older than me started interning at a different accounting firms and, like, doing all that stuff. And they were just not happy with their wow. lives. I was like, I don't want to do that. So that clicked to you in high school that you were like, this is not... Yeah, I was like, I don't really right. want to sit behind a desk unless there's really loud music coming from the desk. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm making it. Damn, yeah. And do you think the, like, music school helped you a lot now, looking back? Yeah, yeah. totally. So, like, the parts of me that I guess, like, are out in the world, like, the stuff that I put out under Prince Box is, like, mm -hmm. not necessarily super complex musically. Like, it's pretty pop-focused, especially, like chord wise in the arrangements but I'm also really into like this doing sound design stuff for my friends films and like film scoring stuff that like I kind of do on the side and don't really like post or talk about and like I feel like that's a lot of where the music school has helped me is like being able to converse with other musicians but to also be versatile and if like I want to do other shit yeah. you know um, but in, in like the Prince Fox stuff it's kind of a little bit just like the basic stuff yeah is the most helpful, I guess. Did you go under another moniker, or was Prince Fox the first one that you ever had? I just was Sam Lassner in the beginning. Yeah. But that music was trash. What made you want to get a moniker? <laughs> uh, all of the likes on my Facebook page were mutual friends, like, or friends of mine on Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, these aren't my fans. They're my friends that just click like. Like, I, I want, <laughs> like, people that don't know what my real name is to, like, like my music and, like, like my Facebook just because they like music. Oh. So... It was really a Facebook-centric decision. <laughs> I really can't say much That's more than so that. Funny, yeah. I just cared about my likes. <laughs> and you got your name from like a Grammy through you the book, right? Oh yeah, she she taught the book. So I always had I had like a, a cop, uh, the book The Little Prince in like a few different languages just around the house and like yeah. a lot of the promotional materials. I have like a a metal tray from the original promo. Oh wow. Um, it's cool. Um, At what age was that exactly? 
oh, it was kind of always just around. Yeah. Like I knew of it. I probably read the full book when I was like 11 or 12. Yeah. And then again, when I was like 14 or 15. Oh, and the name, I mean. Oh, the name Prince Fox? Yeah. That's probably been like three or four years that I've had it. Like at least brewing it, but yeah. like nothing ever happened with it, I guess, until two years ago, two and a half years yeah. ago. Yeah. What would you say got you like your first anything outside of like music school? Uh, when I when I posted like a couple of remixes, I think it was like summer 2015. Um, it was I think the biggest one that I did at that time was a remix of Sam Smith's "Stay with Me," mm -hmm. yeah. and that kind of like started getting me shows and like booking agents wanted to start talking and like managers and whatever. Because at oh, that wow. point I was still self managed when, oh. I was, when I put that out. Did you have some sort of mentor or? Uh, not really. I just like. When I like am into something, I just obsess over it. So I was like reading all this shit on various blogs. I was on Sound on Sound, YouTube, like watching yeah. tutorials, this, that, the other thing, just trying to like figure it out and like see the steps that the people that I looked up to took to get to be yeah. famous, I guess. Yeah. What made you start doing um, like remixes first and like original stuff? Because you could do so many instruments that so you could have like just straight up do like original music um i i knew that like at least at, at that point like the way to get eyes on you was to like do remixes and i just wanted i didn't want to like drop my original music to like an empty forest of internet people so mm -hmm. to speak um so i just i kind of just was playing the game i was like i really like these songs it kind of goes with the stuff that i would want to say if i were to write the songs myself so I'll just remix these and then, you know, let people know what, you know, my production's about and then kind of hook them in with that. And once they kind of like that, then you can bring them into more and more of your tastes and your writing, etc. So you already like strategize this from the onset? Yeah, wow. totally, totally. Because I always knew I wanted to do original music. Yeah. And what, how would you say you got your stuff into the eyes of like the more of the pop scene? Um... It's really weird. I think like Twitter is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. um, like, I get, uh, so, it's really hard to explain, but like one person that like has a big YouTube follower, like following would follow me and then like I'd put out another song and they would tweet it out because they liked it. And then two months later, like three more of those kind oh, of wow. like social media kids would so follow YouTube, me. So YouTube like helped a lot. Yeah, like yeah. People, YouTubers and like Viners and, um, like social media kids in general that like wow. kind of caught onto my stuff early. Yeah. Uh, sort of paved the way for me to meet a lot of the people that I've like collaborated with. Like I met Bella Thorne at like a party um, where I met that person through social media. And like Damn. it was just like all these like intertwined connections just from like posting my music on Twitter and like people finding it and them tweeting it and it was a really big like snowball effect like from really like i don't think that my numbers on those socials like grow as exponentially as they did like maybe my first year because it's like you go from zero to a thousand and that's a much more stark increase but like it's definitely been a snowball of uh, effect with like influencers that have like come across my music and kind of afforded me those opportunities yeah were you ever scared that you were going to get stuck in like a SoundCloud bubble? Because I feel like still now if you are able to like break out of it. Yeah, I was terrified of that and that's kind of like was the crux of 
the my mental dilemma when I was signing like my record deal because like things mm -hmm. were going really well on SoundCloud and like that's kind of how they found me. I was like, do I keep feeding this core of like SoundCloud fans that I have? Yeah. Or do I like try and make a leap and do the Spotify thing and trying to sell records on iTunes? Like how much of it is like passive, like listening to your feed on SoundCloud when you hear one remix you like and how much of the plays are like people that are invested in you and want to like spend money and support you. Yeah. So obviously after much deliberation and my lawyer taking a long time to get the deal done, yeah. I decided to like go with a major label. Yeah. I've since left that label, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, definitely was a huge fear, yeah. and, but I'm happy that I made the leap for yeah. sure. What have you learned so far with doing like label related stuff? You want to like, you want to do a deal. Well, mostly I find with major labels or like big companies, you want to do a deal where they have to like make their money back or like they have to make things work to, for you and like pull whatever strings it takes mm -hmm. to get shit done. Because if they don't spend a lot of money on you, you're kind of just like a penny stock where if you work, you work. If you don't, you don't. It's no harm, no foul to them. Yeah. But if they make like an investment in you, you know, they, they have to pull those strings to like get stuff done with you. And then with smaller labels, where like it's not like a big budget type operation. Yeah. You just want people that are passionate and like wanna make shit happen. You know? Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, like I think in music and in anything, it's just about people and like who you wanna work with, who you don't wanna work with, and like who just gets you excited and who your art or your product or your Excel wrap up of a meeting like makes excited or the people that you want around. Mm -hmm. Like you never wanna find yeah. like you know, somebody that's just not excited. So yeah. Just be around nice, exciting people and you'll do great mm -hmm. things. <laughs> if you could do it all over again, do you think you would just wait it out or? Oh, that's tough. Part of me wants to say yes, but part of me knows that if I didn't go through that ecosystem, I wouldn't have known myself, like in my heart, what I want and like the kind of career I want to lead from here on out. I think I needed to kind of experience the ebbs and flows of everything to be able to have my own sense of it all and not just, you know, take people's word for it one way or another. Because until you, like, experience all of that stuff, everything else is just like, oh, this person's jaded or this person's eager. And, like, you kind of rationalize with yourself why what you want is the right thing. Is there anything you, you would say that, like, stands out about working in the pop industry that you didn't know about before? Um, that's super interesting. Anything that stands out that I didn't know about? Um, I feel like I didn't really know anything. I just assumed that the people who put out songs wrote them all, and I assumed that they were kind of with the producer in the room, but I feel like in, the, in this age of sending files and sharing stuff, mm -hmm. you know, you can have so many people work on one song that are just never in the same room together and I think yeah. that's super cool and like yeah I never would have thought that I thought it was kind of like these people are sitting with these producers and like they're in a room and they bang it out and like I'll meet people like dude it's so crazy you work on like Demi Lovato songs like yeah never even met her she was like somewhere far away yeah. but I was in my bedroom and they sent it to me and I did the drums and I sent it back and yeah. here we go I have a credit you know <laughs> that's so cool yeah what is it kind of like just being thrown into the whole scene with like Bella Thorne and all that like paparazzi and stuff? Is it something like <laughs> so random to you? Right? Uh, yeah, it was really random and like foreign. I'm like, I'd never experienced anything like that. Uh, the only other time before 
well, sorry, there were two times before I was with Bella that I had paparazzi around me. One time I was 14 and I was visiting Los Angeles with my family. Mm-hmm. We were walking down Hollywood Boulevard and the cast of Jersey Shore just like walked out of a car in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard for yeah. no apparent reason. And like Mike the situation wanted to talk to me for some odd reason. I don't know what, <laughs> why. I don't remember the whole story, but like yeah. I was just talking with the situation. Meet like little 14 year old me, and then that's I got paparazzi there for no reason. <laughs> and then um, I was working with Jack and Jack earlier in the year, other social media kids that like yep. I met through Twitter. Um, oh, that's yeah, I tried to yeah, stop it. That what is it? It's like chocolate. Oh, it's Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Sorry to whoever dropped the Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> um, but like the consistency of what like the paparazzi and stuff when I was working with Bella was insane. I like I never expected it or like the first few times I didn't know how to handle it I was like okay uh, try and make a sexy face because it's gonna be all over the internet yeah <clears throat> but then like you realize that it's like these people are doing their jobs and they're just like trying to get cool content so you, you joke with them you give yeah. them some stuff here and there and like um Bella's super nice when it comes like to to, to most of them as long as they're not like harassing her yeah I mean, she's um really like sweet and open with all of them like hey yeah I'd rather not talk about that or like hey like can you give me your number because I really want to see the pictures you took I like my outfit today yeah so like when we were in New York doing press there was this one guy outside of our hotel that just like had followed us or something and we had both like just come from a bunch of photo shoots she's like all right we're gonna walk up and down a bunch of times I just need you to send me these pictures so I can post them yeah um and yeah it was just super dope it was cool because I got dope pictures. Yeah. Had a sick camera. He was able to shoot like a hundred shots in like yeah. thirty, like whatever. Yeah. Whatever's fast. I don't know. <laughs> Shutter speed fast. We look nice. That's all I know. Um, but yeah. Did that make you a lot more conscious about your branding and yourself as like a personality? Yeah. Um, it was like on the one hand, I felt like I had to like be tweeting and like posting on Instagram all the time. Yeah. But then, you know, when I got back from it all and like I was started touring heavily again and like my like session schedule started picking up and like I'm working on an album now so when I started doing that um I realized that it's okay for me to be quiet sometimes I'd rather like use those channels when I like either want to say something really funny that I think people will like or want to say something like important that I really feel like needs to be said. How do you think your music has changed from the very first songs you put out? Oh damn. I feel like I've really found myself through trying to be everybody else. Hmm. Like, I was super inspired by, like, different producers with, like, every song that I put out. And, like, I feel like only in the past few months, like, when I started embarking on this album process, have I really found, like, what I am and, like, what I want to be. Because, like, you get to a point in, like, proficiency where, like, if you really want, you can make most genres of music, especially in the dance world, like whether you're doing the sound design yourself or you can find like synth packs wherever like there are ways to get from point a to point b pretty easily sonically these days um if you're somewhat proficient in your like audio workstation i think what sets apart the people that you know have like crazy flocking fans and whatever are are the ones that are doing something different with those same tools Mm -hmm. and like i kind of realized recently that like I really just want to play guitar, you know? Yeah. I really want to do a live show. Like, I love DJing, and, like, I, it, it's it's provided me with a great life, and it's dope, 
but I want to eventually, you know, have a live show under my belt as well. I, I never want to stop yeah. DJing, but like, like for example, I don't know when this is coming out, but probably around the time this comes out, I have a bunch of live videos coming out. I like put together a band to do uh, an oh, alt rock wow. version of my next single called Positive mm -hmm. with Ren. Oh wow. So we went to the Gibson studio space mm -hmm. and um, we just played like a real band. And yeah. uh, I got to play lead guitar, did wow. a little background vocals, and it just like felt great. Yeah. And um, so once I finish this album and like we figure out how we're gonna put it out and when we're gonna put it out, um, I wanna do like some kind of a live tour, whether it's more like Odessa style, where it's like half computer, half not, or, you know, only me, or, um, you know, with a band, yet to be decided, but I know, like, that when the time comes for me to have, like, a huge production and, you know, the lights and the fireworks, like, I want to have an instrument in my hand. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you think you've grown as a person since Young Sam? <laughs> I was a shithead. <laughs> I really was. I, like, I just was so caught up in just thinking I knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel like the older I get and, like, the more things happen and the more things that I do and the more music I put out, I realize I never actually know what I'm doing. I'm just, like, doing a better job at making it up as I go along. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just trying to, like, take everything, like, day by day and, like, be nice to people. Like, even if it's people that, you know, sometimes are annoying or, like, ask for things that, you know, either you're not comfortable saying yes to or people that were not nice to you until you had something to offer them mm -hmm. um just like kind of always doing it with a smile and like just trying to be like genuine because especially in light of like all these recent events and like all the fucked up things going on in the world like i don't I, you never want to like end your life knowing that you could have been a better person Damn. to somebody you know yeah. so like with all the music that i'm writing now with all of like my like day-to-day -day activities. I'm just trying to be like a good dude, honestly. Mm -hmm. And like the stuff that I'm writing about um, is pretty like near and dear, uh, whether it's on a romantic level or like I have this like really long poem that starts the album, which obviously I don't have it all by heart, nor would I probably recite it right now, but <laughs> it's basically just about like how this album is just about like me finding myself. And like I had to hit rock bottom of being upset and depressed and didn't know what I wanted in um, life or in music to kind of come back and like share this whatever 55 minute long experience with yeah. whoever's listening to it yeah um even though like all the songs are you know pop songs and like either I'm singing on them or I'll get somebody else but um it's just uh like trying to share like a collective human experience has become something that's much more important to me than it ever was mm -hmm. yeah and what would you say have been your, like, biggest struggles so far? My biggest struggles? Um, thinking that I'm smarter than the consumer. Mm -hmm. I, I remember watching, like, a, a lecture that John Mayer give, gave from, like, fuck, I want to say it was, like, 2008, maybe, or 2011, where he was, like, you as a musician trained, you can be the best guitar player in the world, but you don't know shit. The consumer is way smarter than you. Damn. And like, I was like, well, well, man, you're a really good guitar player, but I don't think that's true. Like, if you write a really good song, like, you know it's good, like, you have good taste. But mm. really, like, the proof is always in the research, the proof is always in the pudding. And like, you could be like, oh, this one's gonna go, this one's gonna be my hit, yeah. like, got the big feature, got this. But really, like, 
sometimes the numbers just don't reflect yeah. or like the people that you know you hired to push it uh, have other stuff on their plate that they're more excited about like there's a million and one factors that go mm. into like yeah. a successful hit record and like you can never guess it's just about making something that's honest that oh hello dog this one's cute I like this one um, you know making something that that just feels right yeah. um, and you know send it around to people that you trust and like trust their tastes and once you get into that rhythm and you get your foot in the door of like you know your first couple thousand streams couple hundred thousand streams couple million streams and you just kind of build from there and then you know the more you share of yourself and the more people share like to share your stuff it, it's all like goes back to that snowball effect um, and yeah I think that that was really my biggest hardship is knowing is thinking that I knew what I didn't I, I, I you never know if anything's a hit and like you kind of set yourself up for disappointment hmm. yeah. um, and I think that I got in my own way because I was setting myself up for disappointment when really everything's great. Everything's yeah. been, you know, really going great. Nothing was ever bad, but I, uh, I, I imagined in my head that things would be amazing and I was yeah. going to be a millionaire and I was going to do all this shit. Mm -hmm. But really, if I was just happy with things as they were coming, I'd be in a way better place. Yeah. Last question. What do you want to be remembered for? What do I want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered as a good dude that made good music mm -hmm. that people you know, can like sing along to and like sit down and play on a piano for their kids in 50 years. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. I want like songs that just don't go away. Like whether the production changes and like whether it's on, played on the guitar or whether it's somebody sits down and plays on a piano, I just want to make songs. Like that's really what's been the most important to me is just writing a really good song that just stands up however you produce it, however you play it people want to sing along or yeah. like, and that's kind of been like the crux of everything yeah i love that thank you so of much course, yeah. <laughs> bye